This episode is brought to you by Ken Rusk. Quick question, are you on the right path? Well, the reason why I'm asking this is because research has shown only 14% of adults describe themselves as happy. So, are you one of those lucky few or are you feeling unfulfilled? Well, the regs you show listeners, listen up because Ken Ross has something for you. And this is actually a course curated by him and it is called The Path. The Path will help you to join the ranks by helping you define and build comfort, peace and freedom in your life. It is a great way to identify what you really want out of your life and to develop the skills to go achieve it. Now, if you're ready to achieve your dreams today, invest in the lifetime plan today and get unlimited access to the path. Plus, these special offers are for you. A free copy of Blue Collar Cash, which is a Wall Street Journal bestseller, a five-step guide to accomplish any goal, top blue-collar jobs for the next decade, and so much more. So what are you waiting for? Go to www.kenrusk.com to find out more. If you have been searching the internet for different businesses to start, chances are you have found thousands of ways to make money online. But there may be an equal or greater opportunity to make money right in your own hometown with a good old-fashioned blue-collar business idea. We commonly associate hefty paychecks with briefcases and neckties, but it turns out there's plenty of money to be earned by those who sport hard hats and coveralls. Well, in this episode, we've invited a blue-collar entrepreneur. His name is none other than Ken Rusk. He is a best-selling author, entrepreneur, and blue-collar advocate, showing that there's no degree required for comfort, peace, and freedom. As a mentor, he helps people achieve their dreams. As an advocate and author, he teaches the value of blue-collar jobs and trade skills. He has been featured on numerous publications such as Forbes, USA Today, CNN, Wall Street Journal, and many more. Well, even the great Tony Robbins said he loved Ken's perspective on his life's purpose and to share our unique gift with the world. Well, without further ado, let's welcome Ken into the podcast. Woohoo, yeah! Hello, Ken! Thank hey. you. Thank you, Rayson. Appreciate you having me. I appreciate you being uh, It's good to be here, and I'm excited to talk with you. Oh, yeah, man. I'm also excited to speak with you as well. Um, it's really an honor to have you here. Read your book, and thank you so much for this gift. It's really amazing. Really love it. Um, there are a lot of insights, I would say, and that's why we have a lot to ask later on as well. And uh, how have you been, man? I've been great. You know, it's uh, it's about to be summertime here in Ohio, and uh, it's golf season, so we are ready to oh. go. Oh, nice, 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 nice. Wow, golf season. Wow, so I'm pretty sure you must be a great golfer, I would say. I mean, like, uh, you have been in love with golf and um, been playing this sport for quite some time, huh? Yeah, I've been playing for quite a while. It's one of those uh, it's one of those sports where it's really fun because everything is your fault, whether it's good or bad. It's always your fault, and uh, it's uh, it, that that's what makes it nice, and it's, that's what makes it relaxing. And and uh, just taking a nice long walk in the park, it's it's really a great afternoon. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, like uh, sunny, breezy Ohio, and then you are hitting the park, and uh, despite the bad weather sometimes you cannot blame it on the weather as well with the big <laughs> big winds blowing all your balls flying to another direction even though you're aiming that <laughs> other direction that you're hitting right <laughs> right so yeah, yeah it's it's, oh. it's tricky playing in the wind but again it, you know a bad day on the golf course is always better than that than a good day anywhere else so we'll take it yeah true true well um ken you know a lot of people would want to know more about you and of course you know uh, before we actually talk more about that you guys should actually go and check it out check this book out called blue collar 
cash okay love your work secure your future and find happiness for life this is actually in a lot of uh, pub, uh, in a lot of places that you can find you can find it in Barnes and Nobles you can go to Amazon uh, book depository and etc to find this amazing book out by Ken Rusk okay you will definitely fall in love with this book like how I have all right and uh, Ken can you share with the audience a little bit more about who you are and what you do well, uh, again, I, I would be considered, I guess, a blue-collar entrepreneur. I was at, at a very young age. Um, I started digging ditches, and uh, that led to me opening up my own company. And uh, since then, that was back about 37 years ago, uh, I started a company with six people, and um, we now have a staff of about 200. And uh, we are involved in lots of different types of construction things. So uh, it's, it's, been, it's been a lot of hard work. It's been a lot of... Um, a lot of great, great times and great experiences, and uh, it's been a heck of a ride. Nice, and I agree, man. I mean, like starting with six, and now look at where you are uh, right now. It's truly impressive, and how you have been impacting a lot of people, especially blue collar workers. How they should view blue collar in a different way is really, really amazing. Like what Tony Robbins said, it has changed their perspective, our perspective. On, on life as well. And um, before we actually dive into the main focus of our interview, we would love to get to know you a bit better. So can you tell us a bit more about your backstory and how you became a blue collar entrepreneur? Well, you know, my, my high school uh, shared a fence with a industrial park. And um, after school, we would uh, go through this hole in the fence that was there for a long time. And we would walk through that industrial park and we would just go to the, the local stores down the street and just kind of hang out after school. And um, I, I always admired the, the energy and the, the goings on that was happening in, in, these, uh, in this industrial park. It had lots of really highly energetic uh, businesses and um, it was nice to see people milling around and things getting done and all kinds of things that young guys liked, like, you know, dump trucks and jackhammers and, and all kinds of you know, uh, toy, big boy toys that, uh, that we could play with. Um, and so one day I decided to go in and, and ask them what they did for a living there. I knew somebody that had worked there and, um, they said, well, we basically dig ditches. And I said, well, you know, I can do that. I, uh, I need money like anybody else. You know, I want to go out and buy my first used car or, or whatever. So I decided to start doing that. So I joined at 15 and in the summer times I would, I would dig ditches and, and, and fix old, wet, smelly basements. <laughs> and in the in the summer, in the winter time, when I was in school, uh, I'd work inside the office. So I did that for three or four years. And um, when it came time for me to decide whether I should go to college or should stay in the workforce, uh, we started opening up. I would call it like branch offices or franchises of our company. And uh, they came to me and they said, hey, look, I know you're thinking about going to college, but we need you to go travel the country and open up these businesses. And I said, well, that sounds like a good idea. So I, uh, I started from scratch and I opened five businesses for, for franchises for the company. And then uh, I landed in Toledo, Ohio after I was done living out of a suitcase for all those three or four years. And, and, um, and here we are today. So um, one thing led to another. First, it was this company and then it was a home building company and then an office building company and then construction uh, materials and chemicals. And, uh, you know, we've done, we've done four or five different things now. And um, yeah, it, it's, it's been very interesting. It's been very rewarding and uh, I would recommend it highly. Nice. Wow. That journey is pretty interesting, which I'll be asking you more later on about, you know, college as well, because uh, I understand that you, you ditch college and then after that you went to build this um, so-called businesses empire of your own um, which is really interesting right and and of course you know while you are building your business up I'm pretty sure you have met many um, interesting people and even make mistakes along the way or even failures right so Ken, do you have a favorite failure of yours and how has that failure or apparent failure set you up for later success? You know, that's a great question, uh, Race. And er early on, 
I remember thinking I had to do it all. I remember thinking that I had to work 75, 80 hours a week and I had to be everything to everybody. I had to answer all the questions. I had to solve all the problems. I had to, you know, fix anything that was broken. I had to um, create everything that was new. And it was all falling on my shoulders to do that. And I realized very quickly that, you know, as I looked at the people in my company, I realized very quickly that I couldn't get what I wanted for myself, nor could I get what my company needed or wanted until everyone working there got what they wanted first. So I really got in touch with letting people grow within the company, let them help me run the company, let them provide me a little less you know, time working, a little more freedom. And uh, that really took the company to levels that I couldn't take it to myself. So, you know, the, the lesson learned there is you can't do it all. You shouldn't do it all. You didn't get right. into your own business so you could be, you know, uh, chained to it. You want to be um, you want to get into it, into the business so you can have, you know, comfort, peace and freedom and, and the ability to to focus your business on how you want to focus it, but not not work so many hours that um, that you lose the passion for it. So I think I think sharing the revenue, sharing the responsibilities and allowing people to grow with and around me was the biggest lesson I learned as a young man. Mm, I agree with you on that. Uh, we shouldn't be, uh, you know, putting it all on us. Like, uh, you know, it's, it's really a heavy burden for us if we're going to do everything all by ourselves, uh, especially when we started out as an um, entrepreneur it's going to be tough but when we start to build teams i'm pretty sure we should be delegating to them rather than doing all by ourselves and speaking of which is it because that uh, you lack of trust with your team members that you probably think that oh probably they might screw it up or they they won't be able to do the job as great as you can do it so that's why you actually decided to put everything on you or or is there any other reason for that no i i just think that you know when you when you're running your own company you feel like everything is the result of you and you feel like you, you feel like you have to do all those things because your name is on everything uh and and it's not that you don't trust the people it's it's you're not quite sure if they'll do it as good as you would do it and what the interesting thing is there's many instances and many cases racing where they might do it better than you could do it and that's okay so you have to kind of let go of the boss's ego you know me boss you employee i do it i tell you what to do and everything and you know how that flows you have to kind of let go of that and allow a staff and a team of people to again enrich themselves in the knowledge of what you do for a living and then grow with you because together you will drive that company way further than you can do it yourself that's for sure yeah true i agree give us like one tip on how you actually let go of the ego um it, i'm pretty sure it was pretty tough when you first started out right to to actually let that ego out because you are the boss you 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 already had that mindset that oh i'm going to do everything by myself and then after that man you got to let it go how, how did you actually do that well it, it's pretty simple when, when you when you start to assign tasks and duties to other people what that does is it gives you more freedom more freedom to think to innovate more freedom to um, drive your company more freedom to plug yourself in where you want to plug yourself in and what you start to notice is that there are people around you that can do things and do them very well and and that's good because the more that that happens the more you build this team of like entrepreneurs or they call them you know uh, entrepreneurial employees who treat that company like it's partly their own and they run their departments right. just like they own it and uh, the more you get those that talent base around you the more it, it kind of energizes the forward thrust of your company and um you really start to see results you've never seen before. So it it's hard for some people to let go of the whole ego thing. For me, um, it was really easy because it was hard work and I, and I needed to share that work with others. So, um, right. but I, I can tell you that anyone out there who's thinking about 
what we're talking about right now. Just allow yourself the luxury of letting other people help you do things and uh, step away from it just a little bit. I, I, whenever I coach anybody, I always say this, and it's somewhat controversial, but as a business owner, your goal should be to make yourself almost irrelevant to the company because that way you have everybody else doing a certain task or, or, or a certain thing that needs done, and you can kind of hover over top of them all and plug yourself in where you want to plug yourself in. It's a hard lesson to learn from people, but it's it's a valuable one, a valuable one I can show you that. Yeah, I agree. I mean, like um, uh, when you put yourself um, as somebody that is irrelevant to your business, uh, and and you, I would say, like you will have more time for yourself, for your family, and also for other tasks that you need to do. Like for example, networking with other businesses, business sure. owners, and 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 etc. Right. So okay, got it. Oh, nice um then you know as as uh as an author i'm pretty sure you have also been a reader as well an avid reader for for and, and hungry for books and knowledge as well when you first started out right so um can you share with us like what are the three key books anyone beginning their journey should read especially for people who want to be an entrepreneur what are the three key books that they should well, I would say besides my own book, Blue Collar Cash, I would say that you would probably want to read um, Traction. That's a pretty good book by Gino Wickman. Um, you would okay. probably want to read um, you know, the, the series. There's a whole series by Spencer Johnson, Who Moved My Cheese oh. and, and, and yeah. Gung Ho and all those types of books that, that – um, that are in that same genre and in that same group. There's a couple different authors that have written that group of books because what those books do is they give you really practical sense of things you can do right away, kind of like my book does that you can implement today. Um, but right. yeah, there's there's books out there that are that are designed to help you create the structure that you want in your company. And you know, some people they need that guidance, and and um, that that's why those books have been so successful because. They can kind of, they can kind of show you how to build it while you're doing it, rather than looking back years later and saying, "Man, I wish I knew that." Uh, so yeah, there's there's some books like that that I think even even the even the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People is a good book because it shows you it tells you yes. how to communicate not only with yourself but with others. And um, yeah, there's some good stuff out there to teach you how to build a business. That's for sure. All right, nice and uh, small promo again. This book by Ken Rusk. It's really amazing. You guys should go and check it out. Like he mentioned earlier, uh, it's practical. And one of the question is going to be uh, one of the tactic that he has mentioned in the book as well. So you guys stay tuned for it. Okay. And uh, wow, amazing. Love it. Love those books, especially Who Moved My Cheese and Traction as well. Traction is really interesting book, I would say. And uh, yeah, man, love it. And just want to ask you, right? I'm pretty sure when you are building your business up, you would have met many mentors and probably coaches as well. And can you share with us like what's the best piece of advice you've ever received from your mentor? Well, I, I would say this. I would say um, I had uh, a boss one time that had a sign on his desk that says, you create everything that happens. And what I liked about that sign was good or bad, you create everything that happens. So, you know, there are times yeah. when you think, okay, I'm going to create the good stuff. But if you're not thinking properly, if you're thinking negatively, you will create the bad stuff too. So when you say you create everything that happens, that's all of it. That's the good, the bad, the indifferent. And um, I really liked it because it really puts your mindset in a place where you understand that, you control your input, okay? It's a choice. You control yep. your output and the quality of your output, okay? That's a choice as well. You also can control your day, your time, your schedule. You can control your financial game. And so when someone says you create everything that happens, you know, 
it's it's easy to try to blame things on you know well this happened to me or that happened to me no you put yourself in position for those things to happen so mm-hmm. that's why i say if, if you think about running your own company being an entrepreneur you know the control factor is is everything it's it's a wonderful thing to have as long as you treat it with respect and do the, the right and the positive things with it because you do create everything whether it's good or bad and um right i i, I just love that sign and and I, i'll never that was 40 years ago and i still remember it today nice wow love it love it and, and are you still in contact with your with with your boss or is he no longer around uh yeah i actually talked to him this morning he's a he was oh. a mentor of mine and um nice. someone someone that i again i met him when i was 15 and i started working for him when i was 15 and you know that was a long time wow. ago so yeah i i still talk I, i still talk to him to this day in fact i talked to him this morning <laughs> wow nice wow so for your boss uh, you should check this episode out because shout out to you you are, you have been mentioned on this episode and uh much love to to your boss as well and uh Ken, now to the main focus of our interview, can you talk a bit about your book, Blue Collar Cash? What inspired you to write this book? Well, you know, a couple of things. First off, um, my daughter got sick when she was 12, and, and she went through five years of, of some yeah. pretty tough times, and I talk about that in the book. And, um, right. you know, that was, that was a scary time for her mother and I, but one of the things that happens is when you're having to wait in, you know, hospital rooms and you know, waiting rooms of doctor's offices and waiting for scans and results and x-rays and all that stuff, you have a lot of time to think. So I started thinking about what was important in life and what would I tell her that she should be chasing. If she's going to chase something in life, what would it be? And three words just kept coming back and they're comfort, peace and freedom. And I talk a lot about those in the book. So I just couldn't get those words out of my head. And, um, The more the more I thought about that, the more the more I wrote a letter to her about what I thought was important in life. Um, the more you know, a lot of the coaching successes that I had had over the years came back in in, in memories. And um, so finally, it was actually my wife that said, "You know, you need to share your successes beyond the four walls of your company. You need to teach people that that coaching and visualization is just it's everything. It's so important." So. I started just writing stories of friends of mine that were blue collar entrepreneurs and things that I had accomplished and, and um, stories about how I'd uh, grown up and, and the things that I'd learned and the characteristics that I, that I tried to, get to, to follow and, and espouse. And pretty soon I had 80,000 words and, um, you know, oh. I, I took that, I took all 12 of my fully filled out legal pads and um, I found an editor in New York that editor led me to a, uh, a a publisher a ghostwriter kind of thing to help me clean the, the the book up a little bit and that led me to a pr firm and an online media presence and um like i said a publisher and an agent and here we are um i didn't think the book would go 10 feet much less 10 miles and here was a bestseller <laughs> last fall so i'm very blessed oh, and very nice. grateful on your achievements for this book and of course um this book is really amazing you guys should go and check it out as well um blue collar cash is something that really inspires me and of, of course if you want to learn how to visualize specifically plan for what the path of and finally achieve the life you always desired then this book is definitely for you all right blue collar cash by ken brusk wow nice love it and um How's your daughter? Is she better now? I mean, like uh, her eyes. Oh yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, she's absolutely better. She's she's thriving. She's um she's married nice. now and uh, she's living in her own wow. house and yeah, it's 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 been really really great. We're very blessed and very very lucky, very fortunate. And um, you know, those those things when you go through them, they put life in perspective. And and you know, she her experiences were definitely part of writing the book and and, and i love her for that and I'll, it uh it's, it's a very special experience to be able to do that yeah totally totally i mean like uh seeing how she actually went through that dark moment of time and how she can actually you know 
overcame it. Doctors have gave her a good prognosis, and after that, you know, it's it's definitely something that changes your life. But um, if let's say, uh, if let's say the doctors have given her a very poor prognosis back then, would that have changed your life? Um, would, or would I'm that sorry, have changed, you changed your perspective? Can you oh, re- can okay. you repeat that question? Sure. So if let's say, um, if let's say that period of time, right, um, your daughter's doctor actually gave her a very poor prognosis back then, would that have changed your life's perspective? Oh, oh, sure. Because, you know, I, I think, I think the most important thing any of us can have in this world ever is the element of time. You know, you can have cars and boats and houses and everything else, but time is your most important asset. And, and how you choose to spend your time is something we all need to be very respectful of. You know, the, the, when you have a situation like that that scares you, the first thing you think about is, you know, how am I going to stop wasting time and spend time properly with the people that I want to spend it with, doing the things that I want to do, creating the memories that I want to create. So. Yeah, I, I think I think we all could use a you know use a little lesson in the respect for time because it goes by quickly, and uh, you need to take advantage of it as much as you can. Right, I agree. It's it's like what many people would have said. Time has always been like a cash deposited to us every day, right? It's like a bank that we have eighty plus thousand seconds. Man, yep. Totally agree with you. So for those of you who are tuning in, please respect your time and love your time because you're only given those amounts every single day. And if you don't use it wisely and you waste it all, then you'll definitely be regretting whatever that you always wanted to do but never get to do it. All right. So nice. Thanks. Thanks for that, Ken. And I'd like to ask you, right, many people who are tuning in, they might be wondering what is blue collar, right? So can you tell us like, how do you define blue collar careers? So a very long time ago, when we were just building the infrastructure of our country, if you were somebody who was an office worker, or if you were a college educated person, or if you were, you know, a, a lawyer or an engineer or whatever, a teacher, you know, you tended to dress really well and you had these almost plastic white collars that you could snap onto any outfit and you'd be mm-hmm. out on the town and do your thing. Well, if you were working, building bridges or building roads or doing whatever with, with your hands, you tended to wear, they call them dungarees. They were blue, like blue jean shirts and blue jean pants. So if you were a blue collar worker, if you were blue, you tended to be working with your hands out in the field doing something. If you were a white collar worker, you tended to be kind of a more professional um, uh, type person. So the that's that's how that that term first came about. Now, Mm. you know, in the United States, there is one hundred sixty seven million people that are considered fully employed. And about 77 million of those people, almost half, still work with their hands today. Um, you know, again, carpenters and plumbers and electricians and all, all these different types of wonderful jobs where you control everything about your day. And um, that's right. the one thing that I think is important because when you work in an office building, you know, sometimes you're, at, you're working at the behest of everything else. You know, you're trying to get that promotion and you're trying to impress the boss and, you know, you're, you're trying to move up in the company and, and, you know, companies can change, companies can move, companies can fold, companies can be bought and sold and, and merged and, and your, your future plans can get really messed up. Um, that's why it's so cool to, to be someone like, you know, a, a blue collar entrepreneur where you run your own show, control your own destiny, because you don't always get that in, in a white collar setting. True, true. Okay, I agree. So for those of you who are in a mid-career switch or you just got laid off by you know top tech companies, right, and you want to start fresh, I believe you can 
try out blue collar uh, work and see how it goes for you and hopefully it can actually uh it, you can actually thrive in that area as well and well here, can, and here's the thing here's the thing we yeah. have to think about racing is that mm -hmm. supply and demand is a funny thing so if if everyone's going to to college to get business degrees then we're going to overproduce business degrees if if nobody's okay. going into the trades we're going to underproduce or undersupply trade jobs blue collar jobs well you know as well as i do from e you know econ class in high school that where supply is low and demand is high that's where the money goes and that's what you're right. seeing now you're seeing carpenters plumbers and electricians making 100 150 200,000 a year and um you know that's something that you at least need to consider before you go off you know finding that expensive degree and, and then hoping that you find a job that uh, justifies that okay so meaning you say that if i do not have that degree uh then i can't be uh getting the job in in, in that uh blue collar the blue collar job is that what you mean yeah i i think i think we all have to be real careful when we when i mean first off if you know what you want your life to look like and that's one of the things i advocate in the book big time is about the vision for what you want your life to be there's there's right. there's many paths to get there and and i think i think when the pendulum swings too far one way you got to start thinking about heading the other way because that's where you know to, to do something that other people aren't doing is typically where your successes are going to be found because right. it, it's 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 a choice that you make but it's a choice that a lot of other people aren't making so i'm kind of uh i'm i'm always thinking of, of, of kind of being a contrarian thinker go against the grain a little bit and if everybody's if, if the whole the whole herd is moving this way you should probably go that way because that's where you're going to find the most success right totally okay cool so for those of you who are tuning in listen to what ken has mentioned when you see people going to that way where a lot of people are going, go to the right side, go to the other side, because probably you'll find that success that you've always been yearning for. And man, that's amazing. And I would like to ask you, right, you know, blue collar jobs, just now you already said carpenters, electricians, they can actually earn 100, uh, I would say 100 to 200,000 a year. So. Can you tell us more like what are top five paying blue collar jobs right now in America? Well, anything that has to do with energy, especially new kind of energy, like, mm. you know, um, being, being uh, someone who works on wind farms or solar farms or that kind of thing, there's, there's, right. there's a lot of money in that right now. Um, there's a lot of money in, um, in, in, in old forms of energy, exploration of new, of, of, of new sources of old energy, like oil and gas, there's still a lot of money in that. There's a lot of money in, in building trades, you know, carpenters, plumbers, electricians, there's a lot of money in welding, okay? Um, there's a lot of money in, in HVAC work and boiler maker work. Um, so yeah, there's, there's, there's so many people, like for example, Rayson, for every 10 contractors that are retiring today, only four are coming online to replace them. So what does that tell you? It tells you we're gonna have a short supply of that, a high demand for that, and therefore bigger prices. And so bigger chances to make a lot of money. So you just have to kind of think about that um, when you're making your next career choice. Mm, okay, cool. Wow, that's amazing. There's so many uh interesting jobs over there right like uh, all this uh energy hvac and uh, even oil and gas and i'm pretty sure oil and gas has been thriving especially during COVID time i i saw the hike of it it's it's massive uh because uh, especially even like during the russian war as well um a lot of oil and gas uh, oil i would say were needed so that's why uh the whole economy for oil was like booming a lot and man um thanks for sharing with us on all these uh, aspects and i'm pretty sure you know for those of 
you who are interested can go and google it out go and check this out and see which industry suits you the most and probably you know that will be uh, the other side that you should be going in in your next journey all right and i would like to ask you right um just now you were mentioning about college right so just want to ask is it necessary to go to college and why skipping college makes financial sense well look look at it this way if if you're going to you know i i'm not i'm not anti-college okay if if you're going to if you're going to operate on my shoulders so I can get back out on the golf course, I want you to know everything there is to know about a knife before you pick it up and come at me with it. Okay. And yeah. the same okay. thing goes for being a teacher or a lawyer or an engineer or um, an architect, whatever. I mean, you need to know those things, but race and that, that is a job specific degree. So you're going to school because you want to become a doctor. So you go to med school, you learn about how to be a doctor. And when you get out of school, guess what? You're a doctor. Well, that's, that's a much better, more efficient path than just going to school because you, someone said that you have to go and you don't know why you're going. Someone just says you, you have to. Those are the people that get in trouble because they come out of college with $200,000 in debt. And, and then they don't have a specific high paying job waiting for them. So then they, they take the rest of their life to pay that off. I mean, you know, if you look at if you look at it this way. So let's assume you go to a college nonspecific. You don't know why you're going, but you're doing it anyway. And let's right. say all in that costs you 50000 a year with books and travel, you know, your expenses, your living expenses, your your tuition, the whole thing. Well, after four years, that's $200,000 on the negative side of your asset base, especially if you borrowed the money, right? Well, you could go right now and make dollars $80,000 a year as a tradesman or woman. And if you multiply that by four years, that's $200,000 plus. So now we're talking about a $400,000 swing in your asset base from negative to positive by the time you're 23 years old. So again, you at least need to think about that before you rush off and make this rash decision, you know, because you might find out that you would be much happier building houses or having your own plumbing business or your own welding shop or your own flower shop or your own restaurant or your own bakery you might be you might be way better off doing something like that and getting ahead further than taking that four years and, and learning something that you may not even ever use. Hmm, I agree. Unless if we are we are interested, passionate about this trade, for example, a blue collar trade or, or any any job that we want to be, like a nurse, a doctor, a lawyer, and we are going all in with college, then yes, it makes sense. But um, contrary to popular belief is that if we are actually just getting a degree just for the sake of it, then don't. Because if you want to do something on your own, like being an entrepreneur and all, it doesn't mean that you need a college degree to be successful in your business. Am I right to say that? Yeah, yeah. I I would tell you that most of the entrepreneurs that I know, don't have a college degree. I mean, I know a lot of doctors who do, and I know some lawyers who do, and, Mm -hmm. and, um, I know some teachers and some architects who do, but most of my friends that are very successful don't have a college degree. They, they worked in some type of trade and built their own business. And, Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I'm not saying you can't make money being a lawyer or a doctor. Obviously you can, but, um, you know, you're going to go through a lot long period of school and you're going to go through a lot of money when you can do what I did or what a lot of my friends did and, and create a company all on your own. So uh, I, I just think that there needs to be balance. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, we can't put everyone through college or who's going to do these things. OK, so I think the right. pendulum needs to swing back towards the middle and we should have a balanced economy because that's what makes most economies work is being balanced and, 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 you know, effective and efficient. And uh, that's the way to do that. 
Okay, got it. Cool. Cool. Okay, nice. So uh, I'd like to ask you, right, you know, just now we were actually mentioning about, um, you know, getting your goals done, especially from this book. Um, it has mentioned some incredible tips on how anyone can actually achieve their goal. So can you tell us more on what are the five steps to actually achieve any goal in our life that we want? Yeah, so a lot of times racing, you'll hear people say, I'm going to set a goal. And when they say set, I look at them and say, well, what does set mean? Like, can you define that? If I gave you if I gave you some markers and a piece of paper, could you draw the word set? You really can't. It's a very vague term. Okay. So when I think of setting a goal, I think of building it, building it so that you know what's going to happen. And I think the first thing that you need to do, the first step of the five is to congratulate yourself on being this person that now thinks differently. It's kind of like a smoker. When a smoker decides he's going to quit smoking, he or she is now a different person. They're thinking, they're right. identifying as a different type of individual. And the same thing yeah. happens when you go to establish a goal. You, you have to congratulate yourself by saying, wow, I'm now one of those people that's going to actually put this into action versus just hoping and praying and wishing and dreaming that it happens someday for them. So the first step of the goal is to pat yourself on the back and say, congratulations on you being a new and different thinker. The second step is real simple. It's to identify what it is that you want, you know, whether it's a vacation or an occupation or a new car or saving for a house or planning for retirement or buying a pet or doing something healthy for yourself or picking a hobby or a sport. You need to identify this thing very, very, very clearly. And I mean to the point where you could draw it on a piece of paper very clearly and other people would understand exactly what you're doing and why you're doing it. So you need to identify a goal very clearly. And it's important, racing because what your brain sees very clearly, it attracts itself to. If it can't see it clearly enough, then it just stays and lives in that hope land or dream land or wish land. Okay. So the, the, the second step is to identify a very crystal clear goal, one that you think about all the time. The third step is then to build that goal. Let's just take a vacation. Okay. I actually did this. So I wanted to go with my friends to Scotland to play golf, the home of golf. Okay. St. Andrews. And so we built the goal. We said it's going to cost us $4,000. We're going to do it in two years. So we're going to need $2,000 a year. Um, That is about what? $40 a week. Yeah. So we knew that we had to start January 1st and we had to save $40 a week for two years. And at the end of that time, we were going to Scotland for sure. Not kind of maybe or hoping, but for sure we were going to go there. So we did that. And then the third step, which is important, is to, is to um, you know, now that you've built it, you built it with the steps of $40 a week, you know that's what you're going to do. Then the next step, obviously, is to put it into play. And what I mean by that is make it go live, make it, make it into action. You know, go to your payroll clerk, have him or her deduct that $40 from your paycheck every week and put it away in a place where you can't touch it, you can't get your hands on it, and get it into action. So now it's kind of like you set the stage and now you hit play and the thing starts working, okay? And you can feel it working, 40, 80, 120, 160. You know, after six months, there's a 1,000. After one year, there's 2,000. And you're on your way towards that $4,000 goal. So it's into action. You're setting it. And then you're not sweating it. It's going to happen for you. And then finally, the fifth goal is the most important, one of the most important, the the fifth step of of setting a goal. One of the most important things you can do is share it. Share it with others so that if they know it's important to you, they're not going to let you stumble. You know, they're not going to let you go raid that money because you want to do something else. They're not going to let you um, fail. They're going to have their hand on your shoulder 
and they're going to help you and they're going to push you forward when you stumble. When you want to turn around, they're going to straighten you back up again because they know you're passionate about it. And, and it's hard. Sometimes goals take a little bit longer. But the, if you put these five steps together, you are way beyond setting a goal. You're on your way to getting the goal. And that's what's so important because many people fail when they just, they just stop at the dreamland part. Someday I'm going to do that. Well, that never happens. It never happens without a specific path with steps, a begin date, an end date, and an action and a sharing. That's when you hit goals. And once you start doing that racing, you're not going to believe how effective of a human being you will become. You start setting two, three goals at a time. You start hitting these goals. Some are six months, some are three years, some are five years, some might be 20 years but they're all happening at the same time. And now you get to live a life of anticipation, which I think just like you anticipate a vacation, right? Living right. a life of anticipation with multiple goals, man, it's, it's just the only way to live. True. Okay, cool, cool, nice. Oh, love it. Love what you have mentioned, that five step. Congratulate yourself, identify them, what are the goals that you want? And then after that, build it. And then make it go live by taking action as well. And not just that, you got to actually share it with people who trust you, who love you, who are supportive of you. Man, this is amazing. But I would like to ask you, right, you know, I'm pretty sure those people, they know these five steps. But then again, they will say, ah, man, I don't have the time to do it. Ah, man, I don't have the resources to get me to where I am. I'm going to do this someday, right? So how can somebody go from the someday's club to today's club? Well, the, it, it's simple. The, the, first off, you have to have a goal that you want really bad. I mean, if, if it's a goal that maybe you want, maybe you don't, or maybe you think I don't have time or someday, then it's not the right goal for you. I mean, these, these are things that have to be burning inside of you and and and, and I'll, I'll i'll give you a little hint so they took at, at, at the uh, virginia tech they did a study they took a hundred people they put them in mm -hmm. a room they asked them they said how many of you have crystal clear goals and 80 percent of the people did not have a goal that was crystal clear in their mind 20 of them did so they remained behind so they said, okay, of the 20 of you, how many of you have those goals written down in a crystal clear way? Only four people said, I've got my goals written down. I've drawn them out. I, I have them you know, documented. I know what they are. Of the four people, only one of those people actually took that information and put it up on the wall where they could see it every single day. Because again, what your brain sees over and over very clearly, it attracts itself to. So if you think about what I'm talking about, only 1% of the people are willing to do this. But guess what? Those 1% earned nine times more money in their lifetime than all the rest of them did. Nine times. And the reason is, is because they had very clear paths of where they wanted to go and they had goals to drive them that they could anticipate. So what I'm telling you is, you have to allow the visual side of your brain to really, really work for you and not against you. You know, you, you have to, you have to allow that very, very powerful machine that you have between your ears to, to, mm -hmm. to really thrust you forward. Because when you, when you allow your brain to work in an anticipatory way or a visual way, you, you kind of get pulled along. And you have reasons to jump out of bed in the morning and you have reasons to live and, and to thrive. And uh, I just think that's the only way to live for me. True. I agree. Wow. Love it. So for those of you who are still in the someday's club, this is the time for you to be a today club. Okay. To be part of it, you got to take action and not just, you know, listen to this podcast and just have that wish land, dream land that you're in and hoping that you can get your goals out there in 2023, but you got to go and do make things work and follow those five steps diligently. And with discipline, I'm pretty sure you can get it right. 
And Ken, I would like to ask you, right? In this book, I actually read about you know uh, blue collar Zen. So can you tell me more? What is blue collar Zen all about, and how can people find blue collar Zen in their life? Blue collar Zen, did you say? Yeah. Yes. Well, in my mind, again, I'll just tell you a story. So I had a gentleman that I was hiring to come and build uh, an outdoor kitchen in my backyard. It was, uh, it's like a outdoor grill area by my pool and he was making it out of stone. And it was like artwork. It wasn't just construction, it was artwork. And here he comes in, he comes into my driveway and he's got this brand new shiny pickup truck and uh, he's got his work boots on and his jeans and a t-shirt and he's got music blaring out of his truck and he's got his cup of coffee and he's whistling all day and he's doing his work and he's making these beautiful things. It's just beautiful. It's artwork. Okay. This, this outdoor kitchen he built. And, um, at the end of the day, he gets to stand back and kind of lean on his shovel and look at that and say, wow, I did that. I, I did that particular thing. I built that. I made that piece of art and that will stand the test of time. It's called the stand back moment. And that's, that's when a blue collar person really gets his, his Zen, if you will, because they recognize that they, at that moment, are in control of everything about what they're doing. They're in control of everything about their occupation, their financial gain, their, their day, their schedule, their time, like I mentioned before. That's when you really know that, okay, this is where I should be because I'm creating these beautiful things and um, I'm not stuck in some 15th floor in some cubicle in some office building. Um, I love what I do. I do what I love, and uh, and you know the world's a better place for it. Mm, wow! Nice. Love this uh, this uh, stand back moment where you get to have a realization that oh, this is my time, and I'm having that freedom. I'm having that you know the control of my life, and I'm pretty sure a lot of us, a lot of the audience that's tuning in right now, would love to have that moment as well. So, wow, awesome. I'm pretty sure you guys can get it as well, as long as you are willing to make the effort, take the effort, time to actually plan out your goals and make it happen for yourself, all right? And uh, Ken, can you tell us, like, what are the bad recommendations you hear in your profession or area of expertise? They, I, I, I would say this. I, I would say that to go back to what I was saying earlier, you have to decide whether you have the characteristics to become an entrepreneur. And, and let, let me just say this. I believe everybody can be an entrepreneur. Uh, uh, you know, oh. I hear people say, well, you're lucky you're an entrepreneur. Well, what does that even mean? Okay. Again, here's a piece of paper. Here's a, a marker. Draw entrepreneur. Okay. You can't because it's a vague term that encompasses a lot of different things. So right. if I said draw an entrepreneur who owns his own welding shop, you could draw that. Okay. Or owns their own bakery. You could draw that. And I think that the, the nine characteristics that I talk about in blue collar cash, and this is very important for the readers, things like resilience and persistence and faith yep. and courage and humility and uh, generosity and initiative. Those are the things that I think every one of us has inside of us. I truly believe that. They just need a reason to come out. And mm. typically the reason that they need to come out is a drive for something that you want. So I know right. that most every entrepreneur that I've ever talked to started out with a vision of what they wanted their life to look like. And then they went after it in any way, shape or form that they could. And I think, I think the drive or the picture or the vision of what I want my life to look like is what creates the entrepreneurial characteristics in each one of us that will then come out and show themselves, manifest themselves, and then create the life that we want. 
nice love it wow i agree with you on this man i mean it's it's definitely not easy but once you actually get a hang of it and you know to actually unleash all these uh nine correct characteristics that you have it, it's definitely something that's going to be fulfilling for you uh, when you are able to actually achieve it and and share it with the world in terms of your uh, generosity build your resiliency especially life is not so much of rainbows and sunshine every day you've got to face obstacles you've got to face um, a lot of uh, people who's going to bully you in a sense who's going to uh, hate you who's going to talk bad about you even though you're a good person or even though you are doing a good job or great job for whatever trade that you're in uh, you you're bound to have that in a sense and i'm pretty sure you know it's it's something that i'm i'm really looking forward to to actually uh you know to build my legacy with this podcast and to to share um to share the joy and uh, freedom with uh, people around the world yeah well right on i think you're on the right track I, I love what you're doing and i hope you're hugely successful at it well thank you so much well uh, I'm, I'm really grateful for you and for so many other people that has came on board and people that are coming on board soon as well really really looking forward to you know um create a huge legacy with this uh, empire that i'm building in terms of this podcast as well um, that's why it's called the Regacy Show, <laughs> uh, Racing's Legacy, I would say. So I love yeah. it. Yeah, thank you so much. And, you know, as we are coming to the end of the podcast, I have one last question for you, and that's this. Right. Ken, imagine this. You suddenly lose everything, your money, your assets, your reputation. So what will you do from day one to day 30 to save yourself? On day one, I would draw what I want my life to look like. I'd go right back to that because that's the beginning of everything. That's the why. Yeah. I would establish my why. And my why is I want to live like this. I want to do these things. I want to have this, whatever, whatever that picture is. That's the very first thing. And then what I would do is I would look at the different characteristics that I know that I have from, from you know being an entrepreneur. And I would go out and I would find a reason. I would find um, an industry that's missing something. And um, I can tell you this, you can go into any industry, into any town, in any city, and you can go meet with, let's say, a bunch of builders. And you could say, what's the biggest problem that you have in getting material to build your house? And they would all say, well, I can't find lumber on time or I can't get this done or I can't get this delivered or I can't get this whatever. And whatever that problem is that they're having, you can solve that problem by saying, OK, well, if I have enough people that are experiencing this problem, again, going and doing things that other people aren't doing, I can solve that problem and become an entrepreneur again. I can get right back on my feet again. So right. I, I think. I, I think solving aggravations, solving problems or creating things that already exist, but improving upon them is a great way to get off your feet real quick and um, or back on your feet real quick. Um, but you have to have that reason why you have to have that thing you're chasing, that life that you want in front of you always, because that's what's going to get you out of bed. And that's what's going to keep you going, because what you just said is you you just got knocked down. So you need to be persistent. You just got knocked down, so you need to be resilient, and you need to have faith and courage and humility, and um, initiative, and then you'll you'll get back to right right back to where you need to be. Nice, love it, love it, love how you actually use that nine characteristics into this as well, and of course the goal setting uh, that you have actually mentioned in the book and earlier in the podcast as well. Well, really love it. Love it. Really enjoyed our whole conversation. And thank you so much, Ken, for dropping so much, so many value bombs in this podcast. Really appreciate you. And with that, I would like to thank each and every one of you for tuning in to The Regacy Show. And stay tuned for the next episode of The Regacy Show, where we're going to have a lot of amazing guests that's coming on board real soon. All right. So have a great day and great evening. And take care.
Bye-bye. Thank you everyone for listening to another episode of the Regacy show. I hope it has enlightened you. I hope it has brought you to an epiphany where you realize that this is where you want to go and this is what you want to do. So I hope you will continue to support and also at the same time like, comment and share this episodes out to your people to your family your friends and not forgetting that we have just created a telegram group it's called the Regacy show family so you can go and check it out and let us know how you find this group is serving you all right so with that i would like to thank you once again see you and stay tuned for another episode of the Regacy show